Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing so far? Welcome, everybody. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. We're so glad you're here. Those of you who are with us online, and thank you so much for joining us as well. Those of you who may be out in the lobby today because the room's not big enough, thank you for being here and sticking with us. Uh, we're going to get a bigger room at some point, everybody. We're going to get a bigger room, but so glad you guys are all here. And uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're a guest with us today, I hope you feel welcomed when you came in and, and hope you got some good coffee. It's such an honor. It's such an honor to have people come check us out. And you could do anything. You could be anywhere, but you came here. And we really, really appreciate it. And, and by the way, God, God is moving in hearts and lives right now uh, across the country. You've seen the revivals that are happening in college campuses. And come on, y'all. We just want that here. Come on, everybody. We want that here. We want God to move in our hearts. And so, so far this month, we've had 32 people get baptized in the month of February, and there's still more today. And man, I just praise God for that. I praise God for that. Hey, a couple things real quick. And this is a kind of out there announcement, but uh, Easter's coming in April, early in April this year. And we're praying about it. We're thinking about it because we know it's the best opportunity that we have in a calendar year to see people come to faith. And, and so we're going to make plenty of room um, this year. We have a lot of faith and expectation around it. Uh, we're going to have eight services, uh, the, uh, Easter services, identical services, two on Friday, 6 and 7.30, two on Saturday, 6 and 7.30, and our four on Sunday. And we're going to put a tent on the front patio because we just have faith that God's going to be here and God's God's going to show up and God's going to draw people. Um, but, but this is where you come in because uh, I can have all the faith in the world. But if you aren't inviting your neighbors and your friends and your coworkers, uh, my faith is just like awesome. And then it doesn't happen, right? Come on. Um, but but I, I'm saying that to you because if you will be a bringer, not just for Easter, but anytime, one, one of your favorite days ever in church will be a day you invite a friend or a family member or a coworker and you look over there and there's a tear coming out of their eyes and they lift their hands to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And you realize you had a hand in that. It'll be the best day for you ever. I promise you, be a bringer, everybody. Let's be bringers. Let's fill God's house. Amen. Can we all agree that life is often filled with difficult choices and difficult decisions? Yes or no? Right? Um, and, 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 And that sometimes those choices, those decisions that we're faced with can feel like so big, so life altering that we feel like I'm not, I'm not wise enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not knowledgeable enough, I'm not prepared enough um, to make them. Have you ever, have you, come on, just honest, show of hands, have you ever felt that way at home? Have you felt that way before? I certainly have, I certainly do have those moments in my life. And, and, and then if you're a follower of Jesus, um, you wonder, how do I know God's will for my life? By the way, that's what we're going to talk about today. How do I know God's will for my life? Like, what does he want to do for us? And it's one of the biggest questions we have as followers of Jesus, particularly if you're a, 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 in high school or middle school or you're, in, you're a young adult and you're going, man, God, what do you want what, for my life? And, 
And that's kind of that 30,000 foot view where you're like looking down going, God, what do you have for the totality of my life? But, but I think more common is this notion of just how do I navigate the day in and day out situations that face me in life? The, the challenges, how do, I, how do I know what to do next? What, what job to take? Should I take this job? Is this, am I dating the person I'm supposed to marry? What school do I go to? What church do I belong to? Which I'm just gonna answer that for you. It's this one, come on, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You, God could have you somewhere else, who knows, right? Should, should we buy this house? Should we buy this car? What's right? What's wrong? I hear all these messages and voices out there, all these opinions. What's right? What's wrong? And so our beliefs about God and our, our, our beliefs about the will of God uh, and how to make decisions as we navigate life affect every area of our lives all the way through life, right? And, and it feels very complex. And it feels sometimes like God's will is this you know, ethereal, nebulous, mystical thing. Like, how am I supposed to figure all this out? And we wonder, does God have it all planned out for me already? And if he does, um, is he gonna tell me? Come on, can a brother go ahead and tell me? Can, can I get a witness, amen, right? Like, and, and if he's gonna tell me, how's he gonna tell me? How will I know it's him? And, and then, and the most important question is like, when is he gonna tell me, right? When? And, 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 and despite the complexity of life, as in, in America right now, and it's complex, everybody. Uh, but it's not just complex here. It's complex all over the world. I, I believe it to be true what Peter said uh, in his epistle. This is um, 2 Peter chapter 1, 3. He says, he says, his divine power has given us, say this with me, everything we, what? We need, not wish for, not we, what we want for, right? But everything we need, but, but for what? For a godly life, well, for an, a life that we live that honors God, right? And, and, and how does it come to us? How does the divine power where we get everything we need, how does it come to us? It comes through our, our knowledge of him. It comes through our knowledge of him. And what Peter is saying is that the closer I get to Jesus, the more I come to know God, like Paul says, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering, not just, not, not, not just know about him, right? But actually have this, what we've been saying, this personal and interactive relationship with him. I will come to, as I get closer to him, as I come to know him, um, the divine power, which gives me everything I need for, to, to live and navigate life, right? Comes, becomes clearer and clearer. And I think we can know from a text like this one and others just like it, that God wants to, everybody. He wants to give us everything that we need. And what does everything include the answers to who do I marry? Uh, where, where do I go to school and what career? Yes, everything is, is everything, yeah, right? So, so some of us have sort of grown up or, or we've come to assume a mental model about God's will, about whether or not we can hear from God, that, that makes it mysterious and other than and hard and scary and like hidden, like God's going, huh, find me if you can, you know, right? Um, and I used to feel that way. Honestly, I felt that way. And like Rachel and I would drive through a little town somewhere when we first got married, and we were like, please, God, don't call us here. Because we, we knew we were going to be called somewhere. And we're like, just not here. You ever drive through a town and go, thank God I don't live here, right? Some of you guys feel that way about San Antonio? We'll cut you. Because this town is awesome. 
I was born here, man. Praise God. That's not why it's awesome, but it's awesomer. Hey, come on, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. As if God would do that to this town, that town, right? Send me there, right? Come on, right? And, 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 and so I've come to see now as I've grown in the knowledge of God that God's will is revealed. And it's increasingly obvious the closer I get to him and that, um, that it's joy-filled. It's not something to be scared of. It's not tenuous and shaky. Come on, like, oh, if I make the wrong thing, I'm, it's, it's over. Come on, y'all. God's more sovereign than that. In the last three years in particular, I've just seen God talking to me in a different way, showing me like just impressions. Hey, Danny, this text means something. Please share it with the people. Like, and that's been happening to me much more. I mean, God's always worked in me like that, but much more now, much more now and because I'm growing in my knowledge of him. The, the Bible says, and we'll see this today, that and makes it clear that God's will is not a hidden thing or something that's dependent upon my qualifications or, come on, or my performance for God. Like he's not the Simon Cowell of heaven going, maybe I'll show you, but maybe I won't. Maybe I'll drop an X on you, right? Come on, whatever that show is. I don't know what it's called, right? But listen, as, as we approach the will of God in life, if we approach it with fear and, and trepidation and doubt and uncertainty, it becomes much harder for God to, to grow us and mold us and shape us and teach us and lead us. God gives us everything we need, his divine power, through his divine power that we obtain as we grow closer to God and, and, and knowledge of God. Our mindset, this is just true, everybody, our mindset around something often determines what we experience, right? And so our mindset about the will of God determines what we experience in life. We often find, isn't it true, what we expect to find. Like if you're looking for people to disappoint you, guess what they'll do? They'll disappoint you. Ah, see, I knew it all along. But if you look for people to go, man, they're awesome, and I have, I, I have high expectations and hope filled for them, you'll see that. So we need to believe that we, we, me, you, personally can hear from God, and he does want an interactive, personal relationship with where he leads and guides us throughout all of life. So we have to, you have to, I have to, those of you at home, those of you in the lobby, we have to learn to reshape, have our thinking reshaped around God's will from a passage of scripture from Romans chapter 12. I've read it to you before. I'm going to read it to you again. Therefore, Paul says, and, and, and that therefore is there because he's explained 11 chapters about the mystery of, of the gospel and the grace of the gospel and the good news and how God has reconciled the world back to himself through Christ and, and what the cross means. He's done the most elaborate job possible in 11 chapters. By the way, read Romans, y'all. Read Romans that get your mind blown by what God's done on your behalf, right? And so he says, in light of that, I urge you, and, and the King James says, I beseech you, the literal word is, I beg you. I beg you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, like in view of what this expansive canvas of the first chapters of uh, 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 the first 11 chapters, in view of the mercies of God or because of the mercies of God, to offer in response, in response, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and prop proper worship. Verse two, do not conform do not conform, do not get molded uh, to the pattern of this world, but be, say it with me, but be 
transformed, we're moving forward. That's what it means, trans, move forward, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does that happen? Through God's word. So he's saying, don't be conformed by the shallow and deceptive ideologies of the world, but be molded, be transformed, be moved forward from those, move forward by the word of God. And then he says, and then you will be what? Able to. You will be able to. Meaning this is a skill that you can develop over time, right? It's not just for, eh, the preachers know how to do that. No, 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 no. Everybody, everybody can learn to be able to, you can develop it um, to test and what? Approve, like, yeah, that's the right thing. What God's, what? What God's will is. This word is uh, uh, the uh, thelema in Greek, which means desire. What God's desire is, and notice his desire is what? Good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. That's some good news, yes, right? So he says, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind. And he says that the purpose of the transformation, now please catch this, the purpose of the transformation is so that you will develop the skill you'll be able to test and approve what God's desire, what God's will is. It's good, it's pleasing, it's perfect. Make sure you understand the purpose of the transformation is so that you'll be able to go, what is God saying? Ah, I hear him. What does God want me to do? Oh, that's what he wants me to do. That's the purpose of the renewal of the mind, the transformation by renewing your mind. So in a nutshell, Paul says that the gospel of Jesus Christ makes it possible for everyday Christians, right? Not, not the, the, the professional ones, everybody, right? To, to, to submit their minds and their bodies as an act of worship to God. And, and, and the result of this ongoing submission and close union with God, the knowledge of God that Peter says, uh, we, we start to experience here, we start to experience a growing awareness of the presence of God, the voice of God, and, and we can begin to practice and we can begin to practice the will of God. The more we renew our minds, the more we submit ourselves fully to Christ, the, the more clear his will becomes and that Peter says it, so does Paul. So, and please hear this, all of this is made possible by the mercies of God and by the divine power of God, meaning it's not dependent on your strength, your abilities, like, like your qualification. In fact, Paul says in Philippians 2 that it is God, it is God himself who works where? In you, in, say in me. God's working in me, right? But what's he doing? To will and to what? Act in order so that, in order to fulfill his Come on, his good purpose in you. Like God's so concerned that you learn his will, learn to hear from him, that he himself got his sleeves rolled up, gone, I'm gonna do some work inside of them. I'm gonna conform them into the image of Christ, right? In order to fulfill his good, come on, his good, his good purpose inside of you. Paul says God's will is perfect and pleasing, right? And, and come on, somebody, that's good news. We do have to cooperate with his spirit in order for this to happen. So now, now the, the word Paul uses for will in Romans 12, and he says that you can test and approve God's will. That word is uh, 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 thelema, and it means desire, a desire that God wants me to comply with, but which he will not force upon me. 
This is big because there are other verses in the Bible, in the New Testament that will shows up, but it means he's gonna enforce it. It's the divine will of God. He's not gonna change it. There are set in stone principles and truths from God's word. He will never alter. But in this case, Paul is talking about this is stuff he wants for you that's good, perfect, and pleasing, but you may or may not do it depending on can you hear him? Do you have so much pride that you don't think you need him, right? Are you saying, hey, I don't want to hear what he's saying because I don't want to change what I'm doing, right? So what Paul is getting is that, at is that there are things that come up in our lives, everyday lives, like what career should I take and what job should I have and who should I marry and should I move to another state? How should I serve in my local church? What, what should I be doing with my free time? How should I spend my money? This is the types of things that, that Paul has in mind. It's what God has a good, perfect, pleasing desire for you, but he's not going to go, I'm going to make you do it. You, have, you and I I have to choose this, which is why test and approve is there. Like we got to test and approve this, right? And so what he's saying is that we learn how to do this so that we can become able. It's what he says. We learn how to do this through trial and error. So some of you would go, yeah, I know the error part of that. We bought this thing. I married that person, right? And they're going, hey, same to you, bruh, you know? Right? We learn over trial and error, and, 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 as we, and, and here's the thing, y'all. As we lean into God, God, I love you, God. I pray. As, you, as you show up on Sunday, not just to fill a seat, but to worship the living God, to give honor and praise and glory to God. As we lean in to God's word, we're taking notes and we're underlining. Right, Note takers, come on. Note takers, they learn and they go further faster in all of this. So you're all going, oh, crap, he... <laughs> You're just, you're just piddling right now, but you're like, I want him to think that I'm leaning in, right? right, right. But as we lean in, we, we begin to, we, we developed a skill of learning to hear from God, right? So, so through all the ways that we've described, through sermons, through the Bible, through the wisdom of friends and faith, mentors and faith, impressions that God lays on our hearts, the, the gentle whisper of the spirit, we can learn to hear him over time. And he speaks to us to help us grow up, to help us become, to help us make a difference, to help us become bright light, a city on a hill, right? Cannot be hidden, like potent salt in, in, the, in the word. He speaks to us, everybody, to reverse the lies that we believe from the deceptive ideologies of the world. Right, this is what he does. And again, it's often trial and error as we navigate life, which means that we should learn to practice on the small things in life. Because what do we do in life? We, we, we go, the small things, I got this, I'll figure this out, I'll know this. And then when, it, when do we tend to want a, a desperate word from God? When it's big, when it's terrifying, when it's huge, when it's scary. And, and, and I think that Paul would say, hey, listen, you would be, do, be wise to learn to be able to test and approve in the small things. Like, should we buy this car or should we, should we move over here? Or God, God, who do you want me to interact with at work today? God, are you going to send somebody my way? I'm listening. Do you have a word of encouragement you want me to give them? Because God could have a word that he drops in your heart that is just a simple, man, you're awesome. And you think that's no big deal. But they were just like, if somebody would just say something to me today, then let me know God's with me. This happens everybody. And so we learn in the small things. To, and, and, and so we, we, we don't just practice in the big, scary deals, because then if we miss it, it's a big, scary deal. But we practice it, right? We learn to be able to. And the big idea, is, big idea is that we learn to discern what God's saying, if God's saying it to us. And we learn how to distinguish God's voice from our own inner voice. Right? You all know you talk to yourself, right? Come on, not just the crazy people, right? <laughs> which none of you are at home. All of you are awesome, right? Right? 
But, but we, 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 we have to learn how to distinguish God's voice from all of the other voices. This is why John says in 1 John 4, 1, he says, dear friends, notice that. He, he loves these people. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit. Spirits is the, the attitudes and the approaches of the messengers. Okay, it's not just like, hey, the ghosts that are out. No, no, no. It's the attitudes and the approaches of, of the people that are saying the things that they're saying. Test those people, their approach, their attitudes, to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have what? Have gone out into the world, Right? And we're going we're gonna to develop that, that idea just for a second in a moment here. Test it. How do I know if, I, if, if, if I've heard from God? How do I know God's will for my life, for a situation I'm facing, a decision? I'm considering it. How do I know if I've heard from God? John says, test it. Paul says, test it. Right? Both of them. So I, I want to just spend the next little while, just these ne- next 10 minutes or 12, 15 minutes or so, giving you some tests, how you and I can test and approve God's will. Does that make sense? Um, and by the way, it, 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 I'm giving you a lot today. So Wednesdays, we send out an email to everybody and you don't look at it and you don't open it and that's cool. But the notes, if you are interested, they're going to be there. Okay. They're always there every Wednesday. So just, just open it. All right. Anyway, sorry. I, I want to get practical and give you some tests, but I want to show you why this is important because we know that God speaks to us. We also know the enemy does. So you can get this wrong. So Peter, uh, um, Jesus shows up to his disciples, Matthew 16. And he says to them, hey, fellas, who do the people say that, that, that I, the son of man, am? And he's talking about himself. Who do the people say I am? And Peter goes, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah. He says this, he says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, meaning you didn't learn this from anybody. The Spirit of God dropped that into you, right? Peter's like, yeah, boy, you know, looking at the other guys, right? Like four verses later, Jesus says, and guys, I gotta tell you something. I gotta go to Jerusalem where I'm gonna suffer. I'm gonna suffer many things, and Peter's like, Bro, come over here. He says he pulls him aside and he rebukes Jesus. Come on, y'all. This is not a good day now. He's like, yeah, I heard from God. I'm gonna tell you, Jesus, even though you are God, that God didn't say that, that you're gonna go. Like, he's like, no, we got your back. You're not gonna suffer. These 12 brothers, are. we're gonna have your back. And Jesus looks at him and says, get thee behind me, Satan. One second, bro, flesh and blood and revealed this to you. Next second, you're the devil, Bobby. You're the devil, Bobby. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all don't know that. What's he saying to Peter? He's not calling him the devil. He's saying the devil has spoken a word to you to get me not to obey what I heard from God. I got to go and suffer. And now you're trying to tell me that I didn't hear from God. And I'm saying that's the devil coming out of you, right? Out of your mouth. You see what I'm saying? It's that quick. So how do I test an impression or a word from God? How do I know? Number one, and this is the most obvious and the most potent of all of them, does it agree with the Bible? Right? Does the, the idea that I've got in my mind, does the opportunity, that thought, that impression, does it agree with the Bible? Because God's will will never contradict God's word. Write it down. God's will, 
two wills, will never contradict God's word. And God doesn't flip-flop. He's not flaky. He's not indecisive. He'll never tell you to violate a principle or, or, a, or a biblical law that he's already written in his word. He won't tell you to ignore the book. He'll never tell you to disobey the book. So the first question is, is this word, is this thought, does it line up with what God has already said? Because if what I have in my mind contradicts what's in God's word, then I'm wrong. That's not the word of God, right? If it was true from God's word a thousand years ago, listen, I don't care what happens in culture, it's true today. It's just true today. If it's true a thousand years ago, it's true today. God's word is eternal, everybody. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain eternally, right? God's word stands supreme. And most of the questions that you and I are gonna have in life are gonna be answered from God's word. So remember, if God is speaking to you, it's gonna sound exactly like what he's already said in the Bible, right? If God never says anything to me audibly ever again, I have enough from scripture to navigate through life. And we can anticipate that God's spirit will use God's word to help us make decisions. Number two, does this make me more or less like Jesus? Right, so if I ask you, what's the will of God for humanity? There is a right answer. 30,000 foot view. I'm not talking about the ins and outs of life. I'm just saying the will, the universal will of God, right? Paul gives it to us in Romans chapter eight. He says, for those God foreknew, he saw, by the way, he saw all of you before the world was formed, right? He also predestined, he predetermined to the day that you and I would be what? Conform not to the world, right? But to be conformed to the image of his son who is Jesus Christ, right? That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So the idea is that God predetermined that you and I would look like Jesus more and more throughout our lives. That it's gonna, and he's gonna be the firstborn, meaning he's gonna be the very first, the, the model, the image of, that we all should aspire to, Right? So God's predetermined will for us is to look more and more like Jesus and he'll never lead you and he'll never guide you towards anything else or anything less. Yes or no, right? So you evaluate every test, every thought, every idea, every philosophy, philosophy up against Jesus. Does this thought, does this idea, does this opportunity, does this invitation that I'm praying about, is it gonna make me more like Jesus or less like Jesus? What would Jesus do? Come on, WWJD, hashtag WWJD. Remember that from the 80s people, 90s, right? Right? Remember the character of Christ is like the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, meekness, self-control. Is this going to make me more or less like that? So James comes along, the little brother of Jesus. He writes to his church, like his people at his church, and he gives them this incredible teaching. I want to just show you. Um, James 3. But if you harbor bitter envy, notice this word envy, underline that, and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't, don't boast about it, Right? Don't deny that you're doing it, right? Such, notice this, wisdom, laser. You know what I'm saying, right? Anyways, uh, such, wi- such wisdom, sorry, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know why I said that. The, such wisdom does not come down from heaven. Like, like if it's selfish, if it's envious, if it's self-promoting, it didn't come from heaven, right? But, but it's, it's, notice these three things. It's earthly, right? And it's what? unspiritual, and and furthermore, it can be demonic. Some stuff in this world that you're hearing that you think, that sounds right, it's come from the devil. I know I'm old school, y'all, but I'm telling you, there are forces of darkness. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and forces of darkness. That's what the Bible says. So for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find what? 
disorder, chaos, turmoil, confusion, anxiety, anger, fighting, right? And every evil practice, right? But, but, but the wisdom that comes from heaven. James also says in another place, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father, with, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turn. He doesn't shift. He doesn't turn. His ways are pure. So the, the, the wisdom comes from heaven is what? Say this with me. Pure. And then it's peace-loving. It's considerate. It's, notice this word, it's submissive, it's full of mercy and good fruit, it's impartial, it's sincere, meaning it's not fake, it's not, it's not, it's not masked, it's not like, like one way here and another way there, right? Come on, somebody, get, 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 hear that? So what are we seeing here? James is saying there are two very different kinds of, of wisdom coming at us. A lot of the time, there's the wisdom that, is, that source is earthly, it's unspiritual, it's even demonic, and then there's the wisdom that comes from heaven. Which one do you want, everybody, right? We're also getting a way to filter it out. If it's motivated by bitterness or envy or, or revenge, not from God. If it's self-ambitious, right? Like, like if it's promoting self, not from God. God's not gonna give you self-serving ideas and thoughts. Those are coming from you or from your pride or from the world or from mine. James says, if it comes from God, it's gonna be pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere. I wish I could teach you all of that, but I, I'll tell you all of that, but let me just do this. Notice the word submissive, because this is important. It means that, that the wisdom that comes from above is, is going to be humble, it's going to create inside of your heart humility, and it's going to make you teachable, and it's going to make, make me willing to, if I have a thought or an idea or, or, or quote a word from God, to, to run it by my community of faith. So a couple of weeks ago in my small group uh, that, that I helped lead, uh, there was a guy in our church, his name's MC. Some of you know him because every, every week he goes, everybody clap your hands. You aren't here for that first service, right? <laughs> But he goes, hey, everybody, I need you to pray for me. I got a decision about jobs, and I just need the wisdom of God. And he was running, and, and then afterwards he came and got his buddies and said, hey, what do you think about this opportunity? He was running. He was doing exactly what James says. He was being submissive. Hey, what do you guys think about this? This is how you test it, right? You run it, by your, you, you run it past a mentor who has a track record of wisdom. So when people become prideful and unteachable and like all-knowing and, and self-righteous, they're not hearing from God. Right? Wisdom from God is impartial and sincere. And I want you to know why the impartial word matters. This means that we don't use a, quote, word from God to manipulate people. Like, I don't care who you are. We don't, I'm, if I'm manipulating people with the word of God, that, that's God's word. is The wisdom from God is impartial, right? And God won't use a word from him through someone else to manipulate you either. Right? So maybe you're trying to figure out a job, an opportunity, a career path. Is this God, God what do you want me to do? The, the, the third test is, is it consistent with how God shaped you, how God made you? So Ephesians 2 um, says that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Two things. First of all, we are, we are God's handiwork. We are the creation, the invention of God. Your life is the invention and the creation of God. Amen? Amen. Right? Which means there's a divine design. Yes? 
And there are certain things that he prepared uh, in advance for you to do. You've been created with gifts and talents and abilities and spiritual gifts and personalities. You have a story, painful sometimes. You have experiences that have shaped you. God will use all of those for his purpose. So your design, uh, um, your design reveals your purpose. So James, uh, Paul says in Romans 12, I'm, just, I'm trying to go fast, and I know I'm going too fast. That's why you got to unlock that email, come on, that you're going to get on Wednesday. We have different gifts according to the grace, the charis, right? According to the grace given to each one of us. Notice this, given to everybody gets this. But it's different. Everybody gets different. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy according to your faith, right? If your gift is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The New Testament, the Living Translation says, rather, if in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well, right? Certain things well, which means you can't do everything well. Yes or no? Like, well, you haven't seen me, bro. I got skills. <laughs> so so here's, the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the filter. If God's calling you to something, if you feel like he's calling you to something, to step into something, you run it by your community of faith and go, hey, do I actually do this well? Right, so let me just say it like this. Um, if, if you say, man, I think God's calling me to be a worship leader, but you can't sing, <laughs> just, just backing it up and leaving that there, right there. Sorry, that's too close to home for some, I don't know, maybe, right? Like, I know that we're told from the time we're young, we can be anything we want to be, Tony Robbins, Oprah, everybody says it, but it's not actually true, right? right. Can you actually be Ja Morant? Can you jump over the basketball? Can you be Michael Jordan? No, but I will tell you what you can be. You can be all that God wills and designed right. you to be. And that's what matters. That's what matters. Is the word, fourth test, is the word convicting or is it condemning? So conviction is used by the Holy Spirit to correct us when we're wrong so that we can get it right. Some of us grow up with a mental model that says, well, sometimes God just thumps me on the head just to make sure I know how bad I am. No, bro. He does that so you can come to do the right thing. Like just like we were as parents, we want him to do it right. He chastens us, Hebrews 12, 6 says. He chastens us because he loves us. He's trying to develop us. He's trying to develop our character. So sometimes he puts his finger and it's painful on a place in our heart and goes, bro, deal with that. Because he's trying to form us. Condemnation, on the other hand, comes from Satan. It's meant to minimize shrink you down, criticize you. If it makes you feel worthless and hopeless and trapped and unworthy, not from God. That's condemnation. If you're feeling a dark cloud of shame that just follows you around because it's something you did one time, not from, that's the devil talking to you. How do you know that, Danny? Because Romans 8, 1 says that, that therefore there is now no condemnation to those of us who are what? In Christ. Because the law that was made us to feel like that God set us free from that in the next verse, right? He does chasten. He does rebuke. John writes in Revelation 3, he says, those whom I love, right? He says, I rebuke. And I what? I discipline. So what's my response to that is I be, I'm earnest and I repent. Finally, do I sense about a peace about it from God? And by the way, it's got to pass all these tests. All of them. Not one. I got two out of five. No, nah, no, nah, bro. All of them. Sorry, I, I leave out the ladies. Not, what do I call the ladies? I call the dudes bra, but... Sis, 
Come on. I don't feel good about that. You know, when I have had moments in life, God, what do you want? What do you want me to do? When I felt stressed out by it, when I felt anxious and confused and overwhelmed, um, I used to think, well, maybe this is what God wants me to do. He just wants me to be like so warped and confused. But now that I've matured, I realize that God is not, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 33, right? We read this two weeks ago. God is not the author of confusion. He does not initiate confusion in people's lives. That's the enemy, right? So if I'm super confused and I'm super anxious because of a decision, it's because I'm not leaning into God. Um, God is compassionate, the Bible says. He's slow to anger. He's plenteous in mercy. He's, he's most often going to encourage and speak to us in encouraging and compassionate ways. In fact, he tells us that the gifts of God, the spiritual gifts, are made to build up never to tear down, right? They, they're, they're, they're made for, he calls it the edification, the building up of, of, the, of the people. The, the words from God should not create anxiety in my life. You know why I know that? Because Philippians 2 says that we're not to be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, we present our request to God. And then he says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will what? Stand guard over heart, heart and mind. He'll protect your heart and mind. So if it's anxiety-inducing and overwhelming, not from God. The words from God are meant to serve a single goal, growing you more and more like Jesus. God wants sons and daughters of character. God wants to have sons and daughters with whom he has kind of real talk relationships that he can use to make a difference in the world, to change the world, to love the world, to reach the world. Yes, he loves you if you're a babe in Christ, right? And he'll bless you and he has good thoughts about you. But as a father, like any father, you want your kids to what? Grow up and go out. Come on, can I get a witness, right? Train up a child in the way he should go. It's a word for somebody in the room today. I don't know who it is. He, he wants you to understand his will. He doesn't need you to be perfect, but to understand his will. And he needs your mind and heart to be renovated by the processes and the practices that will train you to be able to test and approve God's will. Last thing I promise. Danny, what happens, this is going to help somebody, I think. I believe it will. What happens when I have two options, both of whom I've, they've passed all the tests and they're good and they're God honoring. I've ran it through the, the, the fellowship, the, the, the believers. What do I do then? I, I've, I've faced these types of situations before. Relationships, opportunities, jobs, you know, like even houses. Like, um, what do I do? Um, should I stay? Should I, should I stay or should I go? Anyway, um, I, I think, I, think I, could, I could be wrong. I think, but I think um, at this point you ask, does this, which one of these moves me further faster? I, and I don't mean moves me further up the ladder so I can make more money. It could be that, but I don't think that's the motivation that we should have. Does it move me further faster to become more like Jesus? Does, does it move me towards the big picture of what I feel God told me 20 years ago that he wanted half of my life? Does it move me further, faster towards that big picture? And if that doesn't help, I think it can be as simple as what do I most desire? Remember, it's, it's God honoring. I've, it's past the tests. I filtered it through the community of faith. It, it, it doesn't dishonor the word of God. 
What do I most desire? Of the two of these, which one do I most desire? Now you're going, I don't know about that. Yeah, 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 I do know because Psalm 37, 4 says that, um, that if we take delight in God, he will give us the desires of our heart. Psalm 37, 4. It's like, we're like, hey, he said he'll give me the desires of our heart. Caveat, if we take delight in, the, in God. The word delight matters, everybody. If we take delight in God, he will give us the desires of our heart. And, and, and I believe that you and I, if we have two options and we don't know which one, we go, this is the one I'm going for. I think we can step in faith. I think we can step out in confidence. I think we can step out knowing that God wants to give me everything I need. And, 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 and I think we can step out in confidence and not temerity, not, not fear, because Psalm 37 and 23 verses down says, the steps of a, of a good man, of a righteous man, are what? Ordered. They are arranged and established. They are arranged and established by the Lord. And what? And notice this. He delights in his way. So, 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 so the person who takes delight in him, he gives them the desire of their heart. So as they take steps out, he's, he's delighting in that. Wow. Look at their trust in me. They're leaning in. And, and so you go, but what, what if I get it wrong? What if they're, and, and he may be going like, I probably might've gone a little bit that, not that direction, but I, I delight in watching them figure this out and so they can learn. And then notice this. He says in though, verse 24, though he, though he, he falls and the, the literal word is stumbles. Like I'm, I'm taking steps in confidence and faith. I'm the son, I'm the daughter of God. I'm beloved by the, the king of the the universe, he's called me, he's ordered my steps. And he, even if I trip, like even if I don't get it right, guess what? He shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Meaning, meaning, hey, I'm, oh, look at him go. Look at her go. Yeah, he's taking delight in it. Oh, oh, I got him. I got him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Right back here. Because the steps of a good man are ordered, established. Come on, somebody. They're established. They're ordered. They're arranged. By God. I'm telling you this because so many of us are like afraid to step out and God's like, no, 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 no. I delight when you do. I delight when you take a step of faith. I delight when you think, hey, I think I've heard it. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I don't know which way to go. God says, pick one. Come on, everybody, pick one. Your steps are ordered by God. Your steps are arranged by God. He's taken delight that you're trying to hear and lean in. He loves that. Do you receive that word, somebody? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, it's so important that we come to know you and we come to partake in the divine nature. Peter says in other verses, the divine power of God begins to work inside of us, Lord Jesus. And we begin... To, to have the sense and the ability to test and to approve what God's will is, what God's desire is, is good, is pleasing, is perfect. And I just pray, Lord, that people would come to know you in such a way that they see that you delight in them. And even if they trip and even if they stumble and they think, well, I messed it up, there's no way, God, that you come to help them understand the sovereignty of God foreknew, foresaw every stumble, every mistake, and accounted for it. So Lord, I pray, I pray, God, that we would learn to get still and quiet before you, 
that we'd come to know the voice of the world of the Lord in a world full of chaos. That you speak to us in the stillness and you speak to us in the quiet. God, the posture of my heart, and I pray it's the posture of every other heart, is God, speak to me. I'm listening. In fact, I wonder if you would say that, you'd pray that with me. God, speak to me. I'm listening. And through through trial and error, we're wandering this pathway. He delights in his way. He delights in his journey. He delights in her journey. God, as we, as, we, as we make our way through life, God, and we come to know you, come to lean into you, that we would hear. Yes, Lord. No, no, not right there. Turn right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. This is it. We hear the impressions, the, the instincts, God, that you give us. God, the people that you put around us, the wise, the friends in faith, the mentors in faith, God, they, they just lead, they help. That we're all working together, God. We're part of the body of Christ, God, and we're working together. And I just pray wisdom and, and favor and blessing and strength and goodness and purpose and purpose, God, over every heart and life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus, would you? God bless you. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.